there, listeners. Welcome to this week's episode of the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm your host, Arlene Marshall. And, you know, it's that time of year. Summer wellness tips, they are absolutely everywhere. You know, we've got social media feeds, we've got blog posts, we got everybody and their brother has a newsletter, and of course, podcasts. Well, I don't normally do these kind of tips, but someone asked me, what were my top summer wellness tips? And of course, we all know what I'm going to do when someone asks me a question like that. I went out and started Googling. What are like the common wellness tips that are already out there? Because I don't normally consume that kind of stuff. So just a quick search of some popular wellness media and, you know, like obviously filtering out like all the weight loss mumbo jumbo stuff, because like we don't do that here. Uh, and the kind of stuff I found. So like four steps to summer confidence or three ways to healthy summer hair. Uh, we also had like, if we look at the actual wellness stuff, I found a lot, a lot of outdated information and kind of like pop science stuff that since has been disproven. And some of these were on like major media outlets that were still pushing outdated wellness information. Big yikes to me. So if I was going to give some wellness tips, I would want them to be meaningful, right? Like I want it to be good information. So that then of course brought up this question to me, like what is a meaningful wellness tip? Like what's that actually look like? So to me, a meaningful wellness tip would be something that's a good reminder to most, if not all people, right? It's got to apply broadly. So it shouldn't be expensive or bougie because of course that would be classist. And when we're talking about wellness, we want it to be accessible because wellness should be for everyone, right? Uh, and of course it should probably be based in like some kind of evidence so that we know it's not just nonsense. Because the nonsense stuff, you know, you might think, like, what's the harm in the nonsense stuff? What's the harm in, like, a meaningless wellness tip? Like, something about hair care. Like, how could a tip about nice hair in the summer be harmful? So, at best, the kind of nonsense wellness tips, they make us feel a bit emotionally different, right? They change something, like, it's a a (laughs) feel-good Um, and unless of course, that's if you have a hair type that's different than those wellness tips. Uh, and then you're kind of left out of this cultural narrative of what is normal and what is mainstream. Okay. So maybe at best they help us feel emotionally a little bit better, but at worst nonsense advice can actively hurt people or it distracts them from doing the meaningful work that actually helps their wellness and well-being. So in my humble opinion, uh, nonsense wellness tips do actually have a negative cost. So like I said, my meaningful wellness tips, when I really thought about it, they should be inexpensive and readily accessible, right? So like anybody could do them, helps everybody's wellness. It should apply to most, if not all people. And it should be based in current researching and our current understanding of how people actually work. Okay, so drumroll, please. Here are my five meaningful wellness tips for summer. Number one, go for early morning walks. So by now, I think most of us have heard 
that movement is important to well-being, right? It's not just about fitness. It's about so much more than that. But it can be really easy to over-prioritize high-intensity activity, especially with the way that we're fed this narrative of like, move more, more. But I think there is this growing awareness of how awesome like walking, hiking, rucking can be for all of us. And if you don't know what rucking is, it's like hiking with weight in your backpack or, or even walking, right? Like urban rucking. And I've talked on the show before, you know, 20 minutes of moderate intensity cardiovascular exercises increases your sensitivity to the hormones that we associate with positive emotional states like serotonin or dopamine. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Because early walking exposes us to natural light sources early in our waking cycle. Why does that matter? Well, early morning light exposure helps to regulate your circadian rhythm, which if you've listened to the episodes that we've done on sleep, you already know that our circadian cycle is the 24-hour rhythm of kind of everything that our body does. And I think it's really cool and like a little bit wild that if you get light, especially natural light, in your eyes, first thing in the morning, it actually improves your sleep that night. And if you do it consistently, the more consistently you do it, the better it makes your sleep. And bodies are cool and weird. And I think that's awesome. So if you wanted to soup this up even more, if you've listened to the episode about my love of being outside, you want the added bonus rope somebody else along in with you. So I've got a cousin that lives like 15 minutes from me and she's been getting up early and coming over to go for our early morning walks together a few times a week. So like shout out Amanda. I know you listen to the show. What, what, um, if you want the added well-being bonus, right? You're, you're doing this for your wellness. Let's really get all we can out of it. Go for early morning walks and rope in like your friends, your household, your neighbors, so that you get some collective positive benefit. So that's number one, early morning walks. Wellness tip number two is savoring fresh produce. We all know at this point that eating plants is generally good for our health. Big duh. But if you've listened again to that episode on the great outdoors, you already know, you learned that there are studies showing that when you give someone the opportunity to garden, if you give somebody that doesn't garden a plot of land and they go out and they try to grow things in it, they're more likely to take better care of themselves, right? Improves their self-care behaviors. That's super cool. But there's all kinds of other things that might be less obvious about this season specifically when we're talking about fresh produce and fruits and vegetables. So one... When you eat fruits and vegetables at the peak of their freshness, right? They like ripen on the vine and then you eat them. They have more nutrient density, more nutrient availability, right? That's literally just like a little bit better for us than if it was picked a little green and then shipped to you. So that's one thing from like a health perspective, but there's so much more. So savoring, right? The tip isn't just eat it, it's savor it. Well, savoring is present moment awareness of something positive. It's choosing to anchor your awareness, your mindfulness in something pleasurable and stretch out the enjoyment of something good. And research in positive psychology shows that when we savor something, it gives us a boost to self-esteem, to mood, to life satisfaction, and to like gratitude and appreciation. And, but wait, there's more. 
you can try different stuff. So if you went to the farmer's market, you found something maybe native to your area or wild foraged in your area, that's something that you'd never tried before. Well, there's a well-being benefit to novelty. So this is the time of year to go local, get it fresh, and try new stuff so that you can really enhance the novelty when it comes to your produce. And it's not just your wellness, right? If we talk about wellness in this larger scale, we can talk about communal wellness. We can talk about wellness at bigger and bigger scales. Eating local lowers your packaging. It lowers your shipping needs. So it's a wellness benefit beyond yourself. And research in things like beyond the self-purpose and beyond the self-meaning, we know that you feel better about your behavior when you know it's about more than just your benefit. Okay, so number one, early morning walks. Number two, savoring your fresh produce. You're listening to the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm your host, Darlene Marshall, and I'm sharing my five meaningful summer wellness tips and the science underneath that reinforces why this is a great time to do something simple that can benefit your wellness. Number three is adding electrolytes to your water. So most people know at this point that the need for hydration, right? You got to drink your water, hydrate or die, and that we want to increase our water intake in the summer months, especially if it's hot, especially if we're playing outside. Because even slight dehydration affects athletic performance, it affects cognitive performance. Obviously, significant dehydration can be very dangerous. But what sometimes gets missed is the importance, the value of electrolytes. So electrolytes are minerals that are essential to our body's function. So sodium, potassium, magnesium, phosphate, chloride. These compounds, these minerals, allow electrical current to flow through the body. They also allow for the transport of nutrients and waste in and out of the cell. So they're very important. Now you lose electrolytes through your sweat and your urine. So when it's really hot out, you're sweating electrolytes, but you're also pounding lots of water, which means you'll be urinating out your electrolytes too. So pounding all that water, you can end up hyponatremic, hyponatremic. It's low electrolytes. So this is actually super easy to fix, like astoundingly easy to fix. So you could squeeze lemon into your water. You could use electrolyte tablets. Or you can just put a pinch of salt into your water glass or your water bottle. It really can be that simple. Now, personally, what I do, everyone in my family has low magnesium for some reason. I don't know why. It's just a thing. We all test low in magnesium. So many years ago, I started taking magnesium bicarbonate, a magnesium supplement that's a powder. I just mix it in my water before I go to bed at night because magnesium is also helpful with sleep. Well, turns out, yep, it's also an electrolyte. So that's how I supplement my electrolytes. I'm doing it anyway, and I get a double whammy. That's what I do. But like I said, it really is as simple as like squirting some citrus in your water or eating some fruit. But if we're not mindful about it and we're just pounding water, pounding water and sweating, you can end up hyponatremic and you can get lightheaded. You can get cramps. It's just not very fun. It's also way easier to get hyponatremic during pregnancy. So if you or someone you love is pregnant, you might want to consider doubling down on it, especially if you're getting like back pain and leg cramps. That's one of my top tips I give my pregnant clients. Okay, number four, 
play outside. Warm weather comes with even more time to get outside. It already boosts your well-being. Great. But it can be really hard for adults to let themselves play. And adult playfulness has been linked to better stress coping, greater well-being, and better relationships. But according to the National Institute for Play, many adults start to feel self-conscious, they feel self-critical when they try to get into an emotional state of playfulness. So this happens to me too. I tend to get really heady and really serious. And fortunately, I have some friends who are incredibly playful. So last week, I was hosting my very first retreat. It went very well. Thank you for asking. Um, but I knew that I have this tendency to be so serious when I'm in like facilitator mode. So I asked one of my friends, Jen Lee Superstar, who was already going to teach the yoga classes, hey, if you want to do something playful, go nuts. And I knew, I knew I was giving the assignment to the right person because she had us do dancing and singing and we were playing games and we were doing cooperative stuff. And it was so cool <laughs> to see this person that I love step into her element and open up adult playfulness for other people. So if it's something you struggle with, maybe you consider doing an adult play workshop. You could join a sports team. You could host lawn game night. But the other thing that comes out of the research for the National Institute for Play is that different people have different definitions of playing. So some people want to join a team and do physical activity. Some people want a hobby like bird watching. And some people just want to lay in their hammock and read a book. So the first step is giving yourself permission to do whatever play means to you and then let her rip. All right, so we're down for four. Number one was early morning walks. Number two, savor your fresh produce. Number three, add electrolytes to your, long, to your water. Number four, be playful outside. And number five, so here we are. Number five, if you remember a song from 1999 by Boz Lerman that starts with a beat and a rhythm, and then the first line, ladies and gentlemen of the class of 99, wear sunscreen. The scientific evidence about the use of sunscreen in the prevention of skin cancer is remarkably, abundantly clear. Now, unfortunately, in the last few years, some, let's say, non-evidence-based advice has questioned the health benefits of sunscreen as a wellness practice. And this is not only just concerning to me, it's actually kind of infuriating, and here is why. I know, I just said how I can be too serious, so here you go. I want to call out to the wellness professionals that are listening to the show. We have a responsibility to put out accurate information to the people that consume our content that isn't harmful to those people. And when wellness influencers say not to not wear sunscreen, it could be very, very, very harmful to real people. And by calling themselves wellness professionals, when they say things like this, they actually skew the public's perception of wellness as nonsense and snake oil, and they make it harder for the rest of us to do good work. So not only is it not benign to produce content that has this kind of rejection of fact, 
for the public, it's harmful to us as an industry and as practitioners because it shifts people's idea of what it is we actually do. And hopefully if you listen to this show, you already know what we actually do. We help people make good decisions about their wellness. So here you go. To avoid the long-term consequences of skin damage, I want you to remember not only to start your time outdoors by wearing sunscreen, but reapply it every two hours and even more frequently if you're sweating a lot or you're in the water. And if you have concerns about chemical sunscreen's effects on your health or the environmental damage, which I respect, uh, mineral-based options have been shown to be just as effective in preventing skin damage and reducing your cancer risk without harming sea life or the environment. So you've got options if you're concerned about those other wellness ripples like we talked about earlier. So while many of us are very excited about summer, it often comes with you know busy schedules, chores, traveling, a lot of stuff we have to juggle. And remember that wellness doesn't have to be overwhelming or just one more thing that you have to do. Often the most effective wellness strategies can be very simple and often they're enjoyable and they make your life feel even better instead of just like one more thing you have to do. So whatever you're doing this summer, be well, a little pinch of salt or squeeze a lemon in your water and please, for the love of all that is good, wear your sunscreen, okay? I would love to hear your feedback on this episode. I want to share the wonderful feedback I've been getting on uh, the last few episodes, the, the movement snack episode. I've heard from so many of you that you appreciated the specificity as well as the education and science. So thank you for that feedback. And I'm planning some more episodes where we really look at some studies together and we look at the science so that we can understand it better. And how do we make specific um, protocols out of the research because the applied part is so much of what it is we actually do as wellness coaches. So thank you everyone who reached out with that feedback. I also heard you loved the modular habits episode, right? You appreciated the permission to not have to be perfect and to try new things to find what works for you. So if you've got that kind of feedback about this episode or any episode, I want to hear from you. So you can email me info at darlene.coach. My Instagram is also darlene.coach. I'm on LinkedIn. Or if you're looking for some write-ups on Substack, uh, the more better Substack is available. I'm easy to find that way. It's also linked in my Instagram. And thank you to the people who've been requesting specific Substack explorations from episodes. I would love to hear about that too. If you're a fan of the show, I hope you're already subscribed. Leave us a review. If an episode really resonates with you, I hope that you share it. That is how shows like ours get to grow. Thank you to Eric, my producer. Thank you all for listening. Have a great week and be well.